everybody. Welcome back to uh, kind of a podcast video series we're doing that's available on Facebook and YouTube, as well as our podcasts on Google Play and iTunes, uh, looking at how can we think as Christians distinctly about the way in which coronavirus, COVID-19, social distancing um, is impacting how we live as Christians. God is in control of everything that's going on. And the cool thing that Christians have is when something as catastrophic as this comes, it could take away health, it could take away economies, it could take away jobs, but it can't actually take away our purpose in life. Um, God holds that in his hand. He's given that to us in our salvation. And so when you look at work, family, um, discipleship, all those things, uh, we still have a clear picture of what God's calling us to do. And uh, we have what Hebrews says, a kingdom that can't be shaken. And we know what it's supposed to look like. And we have the task of the churches, uh, having brothers and sisters who could come alongside and help us figure out what it looks like to actually get there. And so today we have um, friend of the church, pastor, author, biblical counselor, Scott Mel with us. Um, Scott just wrote a book and we'll talk about it. I have it right here. Uh, Loving Messy People. Um, I've been reading through it. I know KJ and Steven on staff of both read actually all of our, I don't know if you know this, Scott, but all of our student leaders for Grizzly Christian Fellowship are reading through it right now. Um, and so I'll let Scott, you just introduce yourself. Uh, let us know about where you're at, your family, and kind of why you wrote this book. And then we'll talk about what it looks like to love people in a messy world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's great to be with you, Tyler. And it's great to be with all of you. I just love the church there. And uh, both Laura and I remember finally being with you there not too long ago. And um, yeah, i just so thankful for what God is doing there. And so if, if we haven't met, uh, I'm a pastor in Los Angeles. Um, I've been here for 15 years um, as, as a church planter first, and then um, with, still with that, that same church 15 years later. And uh, I have a wife, Laura, and four kids between uh, almost eight and almost 14. And so we're navigating life with them around the house now. And um, making a transition from public school to this kind of hybrid homeschooling thing we're figuring out at, at, at the moment. But um, I, yeah, I mean, this book in particular, and I think it, it does apply in some really unique ways in the midst of all of this. I, I really just wrote it for our church. Just as a pastor, I wanted to help equip our people um, to, to see the vision for, that God has for his church, which is all of us caring for, discipling one another, ministering to one another in the midst of all of life's messes. And so whether that mess takes the form of a pandemic or it takes the form of, of any of the other things that, that even any of you are struggling with right now, right? Whether it's uh, addictions or uh, having kids around home or trying to work from home or, um, or your own anxieties or your fears or the temptations that come with being on a screen constantly. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of, of ways that life is messy and God has provided for us in the gospel ultimately, but the, the, the delivery method he's provided for us really is one another. And I, I wanted to, to equip our church with that and equip other Christians um, with both a, a, a concept of that, that, that vision, that picture God has for his church, but maybe even more practically, with a um, with a practical picture of what that looks like, I think because I think even if we know that that's what it should look like, I think most of us just lack the confidence. Like we don't we don't feel like we have anything to say or have something to offer, and so we don't really know where to start. Um, but 
God gives us all of that in his word. And I did, so I just wanted to try to summarize that in a way that's, that's hopefully uh, helpful for our church, first of all, and then uh, hopefully helpful for churches like, like you guys too. Yeah. Now I think of, uh, I had the privilege during our social distancing quarantine world. I introduced my kids <laughs> to space jam for the first time, uh, two nights ago. And there's one scene that I think is, uh, the biggest hurdle that Christians need to wrap their mind around. And it's at the end. So the monster, the, the monsters started as these little creatures and they're uh-huh. enslaved to their big master. But then at some point they steal all these NBA powers. And so they're giant and they're in the state of these giant monsters and they've lost the game and their boss, who's Danny DeVito, he's like, mm-hmm. he's this short, pudgy, fat alien. He's trying to pull them back to Moron Mountain. And Bugs Bunny finally looks at these monsters and he says, why do you guys listen to him? And then mm-hmm. the monsters look at themselves and they say, because he's bigger. But then he clicks and they say, he's bigger than we used to be. They like, they're so much bigger than who yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. was. And they're just realizing for the first time that they have this new identity. They have this new empowerment that they've never had before that really changes how they act. And I love what you're talking about in this book because it's showing Christians, yeah, we know discipleship and evangelism and mission and all those things are big, scary theological words. Mm. But the truth is um, you're bigger than you used to be. Um, You've been called by Christ. You've been given the Holy Spirit and you have the gospel, which is the greatest tool we can use to help people. Um, and we see that tool. Paul opens um, Colossians defining his ministry, that his ministry, what he toils for is to present people mature in Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see this in the book of Hebrews in Hebrews 10, the author calls the church to do two real things, to hold fast to their confession. There's this theology and then mm-hmm. to in- stir one another up to good works. And so there's this mm-hmm. like active life change, but at the heart of that is, and don't neglect meeting together, as is the yeah. habit of some. Um, and that includes, uh, at the, the largest sense, the weekly gathering, but it also includes just life on life as a Christian church. And yet here we are in a world that says, don't meet together. So mm-hmm. how do we begin to think about this? How are you thinking about this and your wife and your church members as they consider um, the empowerment that the gospel gives them? You've convinced them in your book, hey, I can do this. Yeah. But now yeah. there's this hurdle. How are you helping yeah. people or how are you guys thinking through that? No, I think it's such a great question. I think it's so it, it is unique in a lot of ways in this in this season. But I also think it's a, it's a, a unique opportunity. Right. Um, because I, I think I mean, the the term that I don't know, whatever the powers that be have coined is social distancing. Right. But I, I think really what we're what we're trying to do is actually physical distancing. Right, we want to physically distance from one another so that we can help serve one another by not spreading this virus even unknowingly to one another. But and that requires a physical distance. But I, I'm not sure it actually requires a social distance. And that's where I think this is an opportunity that we need to fight for the the ways to stay connected that um, our world provides, and, and that honestly, that technology in this moment provides. Now, at the same time, this is not. Um, this is type of interaction over a screen, like is not, uh, it's not the same as embodied uh, presence with one another. But at the same time, I think because of that isolation, because of the needs in our world, that number one, just because this pandemic happened doesn't mean that everyone else's, all the, all, everyone else's other issues didn't just go away. 
right? Like we st we're still struggling with them and maybe even in heightened ways. Number two, it does bring in a whole host of, of other um, struggles that, that, that people have and it provides an opportunity for us to strive to do everything we can to love them in, in the midst of that. And so, I mean, there, there's, I think that, that looks like a, a number of different things, but a, a few of the things I was thinking about, even just from um, the outline just provided in the book, but more than that, just, just practically, um, I think that in this time, I think pursuing others is even more important. I think mm -hmm. God calls us to be proactive, to pursue others. And, and in a time like this, I think when people are isolated, maybe the, the single people around us are even more isolated when um, the, the people that are maybe are, are trying to care for a bunch of kids in the midst of isolation are even more isolated. Like right now is actually a time where we're not going to run into one another. We're not going to see each other. We're not going to be able to just get together. And so actually it requires more pursuit, not less. So instead of, of, of just sitting back and being like, well, you know, Hey, it's, it's quarantine. It's basically like we'll take time out for however many months. I think it's actually a time that we can lean in that we as Christians can step into to one another to pursue one another. Um, and another, I mean, another piece of that is when we do pursue one another, I think it means striving to actually listen to one another. I think listening to and hearing one another is, um, it's harder, right? Like it's harder over a screen. It's harder over a phone. Um, like my, my screen is where I like, it, it's where I multitask, right? Like I'm, I'm talking to you and we're recording this and there's still a part of me that's like, wants to click over to a different tab, just to like <laughs> check things like while you're talking, right? Or like look into something else. I mean, even if, if somebody's watching this right now, I, mean, I don't know, we're like, I don't know, whatever, five minutes into this, they've probably clicked away to, to look at something else already, yeah. right? Like this mediated, it, it's But they didn't click away until you started talking. They well, listened I, I, there. And then exactly, I just want to make sure exactly. that's known. <laughs> But, and, and I think that, that we have to fight then to actually listen, right? To when we're on the phone with someone, when we're video chatting with someone to, to fight the, the temptation to be distracted and to actually like genuinely really listen because there's a human, like, even though it doesn't feel like it, there's a human we're interacting with um, who, who needs us to, to prayerfully recognize uh, who who they are and 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 I think that that also means bearing with one another in the midst of the difficulties, the shortcomings, the ways that this is that the season makes things harder, um, and maybe just ultimately more than anything, I think it also means recognizing that what people need most in every situation, which means what we need most in every situation, is a reminder of the gospel and to be mm -hmm. pointed back to God. And so every opportunity we have, every conversation, every phone call, every video chat, like is an opportunity for us to remind one another of what's actually true. And so instead of just getting caught up in like, what are the updates? What are the numbers? What are you thinking about this? What do you think about what he said? What do you think about what she said? Like, I, I'm not even saying it's bad to talk about those things. Like we, we can talk about those things, but ultimately, striving to like bring one another back to to renewing one another's minds. I mean, this is right. The, the reason we're supposed to meet to not uh, neglect meeting together is so that our hearts wouldn't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. It says in that, right. in that Hebrews passage, which yeah. means without being reminded, 
our hearts are naturally going to over time be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We're gonna we're gonna believe our own lies and be deceived by our, our own deceptions. Yeah. So we need one another to speak truth. We, we need not just to like socially connect with one another, not just for a break from the kids. Like we need one another to to remind each other of truth, especially in the midst of this. And that's something. If you know truth, if you know any truth, like if you know the gospel, if you know anything in the word of God, then you have something that you can remind somebody else of. And, yeah. and so we, we need to be speaking truth to one another, not just because like, I, like Tyler, in our like friendship, you need me to hear, you need me to remind you of truth. You know, I, I don't not just teach you truth. You, you don't know. Like I need to remind you of truths you already know, right? That maybe you've right. known over and over, but like just to be reminded of them and to strive to remind one another of them, I think is the ultimate re- goal of that, of that yeah. pursuit. And it's what we all need. Yeah. So desperately right now. And yeah. Always. I think that's, I think that's, um, that's so essential is this idea of, um, reminding each other. And, uh, there's a sense where I, I, I'm really interested and you, you see this mm-hmm. in scripture, you've seen it in church history, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a war, whether it's persecution, um, the church does okay. Uh, it, yeah. it's, that's, yeah. it's not without sorrow. It's not without death. It's not without all the pain that, uh, that's one thing I've, I've been telling people is like, embrace the pain of this. This is reminding us in America, which has been relatively cushioned, that even as good as America gets, this is not eternity. It gets so much better than this. And I think we often need to be reminded of that. I'm excited to see what happens on the other side of this because mm-hmm. what's changed for most, most churches isn't their service time, um, mm-hmm. isn't their identity as a Christian, isn't that their teaching has been removed. What's changed is that the body is less of a body right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we talk about church membership, when we talk about the life of a disciple, central to it is this idea of accountability and we cringe at accountability. We, we don't like it, yeah. but what we do love is to be accounted for. And I think mm-hmm. during this time, it's like to disciple means that you're accounting for other people. We're not going on sin hunts um, into their yeah. closet, but we want them to know that, Hey, I'm accounting for you. Like I, I'm considering you where you're at. And that should actually win people um, mm-hmm. to the church because they see yeah. they're not just, uh, they're not just people in a pew that add to the social clout of your church. They're not just yeah. uh, likes that affirm what you put on social media. These are, as you said, yeah. they're real humans. And I think yeah. a blessing, and maybe you could talk about this a little. Um, uh, Jamie Dunlop talks about this in his book, Compelling Community. But it's really easy when we gather as Christians in our community groups and our Bible studies or even our churches. I struggle with this to go up to people I know and to talk about shared hobbies, shared interests. And by God's grace, a lot of those have been removed from us. Mm. Like there's no baseball to talk about right now. Um, There's no NBA playoff run to talk about. But the blessing of that is, is there's still the gospel to talk about. Well, there wasn't going to be for your Sonics. I mean, I see your, <laughs> That's your, true. Your, your, hey, <laughs> undefeated since 2007, man. <laughs> um, no, you so, know, but you're right. A lot of those things have been taken away. Yeah. And so we have this ability, like what, what uh, you and I, this is an illustration uh, Jamie uses is say there's three people. I'm a football fan and there's Scott, who's a football fan. I could get together with Scott and I could talk about football and I could talk about Jesus, but say there's Kyle over here. Kyle's a Christian and Kyle doesn't like football. 
but I could still talk to him about Jesus. And so Jesus meets both of their needs where football only meets one. And by God's grace, he's saying, hey, talk about the broader need. Talk about that in simple ways. And so when we think about that, here I am, we don't have the typical things to talk about, or we're just sick of talking about COVID-19. What are some helpful questions conversations I can uh, have with people that make them feel accounted for and also begin mm. to bring those simple truths of the gospel into their life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's so many, I think there's so many different ways we can relate to people and even questions we can ask them. I mean, I think it first begins by just being willing to lament the loss of embodied presence. Like I think that, that even like knowing what to say, means that we don't pretend this is normal, right? Like we don't be like, oh no, like, yep, this is like new normal. This is what we're gonna do. Like, no, like, we, we can also, we, we can, we don't have to talk about COVID and everything to just lament together that this isn't the way it's supposed to be, right? Like this is this is a, a, a an aspect of navigating life in a fallen world and our hearts break for that. And I think that, that actually gives us a, a commonality where we recognize that even even if like you're healthy, you're like financially stable, whatever, like this is hard. Like, and it's still legitimate this is hard. And that if that's compounded by financial pressures or loss of a job, or if that's compounded by physical health issues, like it it, it it's hard in all sorts of different ways. Um, and that's where I think we can we can re- seek to to, I mean, to answer your question, like we, we can seek to connect with people through asking questions that actually get at um, how they are, that go deeper than maybe circumstantial. And maybe that's, maybe that's like one of the things that we're less familiar with, right? Is going deeper than circumstantial, right? right. Hey, what's new? What's going on? You have, but, but even, you know, asking like behavior questions, like what are you doing? Asking, yeah. um, asking thought questions, right? Like, where's your thought, where's your thought life been going? Like, where does your mind, where's your mind running when yeah. you lay it down uh, at night? You know, when you're bored, like, what, what does your mind run to? And, and not being afraid of asking emotional questions, right? Like, like, what do yeah. you, how do you feel about everything that's going on? How is this affecting you? And even giving space for one another to, um, to not, really know the answer to, to know that I don't feel right. Like things are off, yeah. but I don't even know how to describe it. Like just creating room to be able to, to a- explain that to one another. And then in the midst of that, like getting, getting a heart questions, right. Questions that like, like, what are, what are you afraid of? Right. Like what are the fears that, that grip you? What are the things you're nervous about? Uh, what are the things that you miss the most? Right. What, what are the what are the things that are the most different for you? And I, I think in that we provide opportunities to actually get to know one another. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully, like you said, I mean, one of the things that's one of the ways the Lord may redeem this season is by using, you know, what is a, a tragedy uh, to, to 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 teach us a, a little bit more. Like, hey, like we we can actually go deeper. And even if I thought that maybe I didn't think that I um, could go deeper. Like you can, all of us can, like all of us can as Christians. And I think it actually starts too, with just a genuine, like godly curiosity. Like yeah. instead, of, mm-hmm. instead of just assuming I know everything about you, like I, 
if I'm frustrated by the fact that like, I don't know you, like, and I don't know what to ask, then like, I don't even know where to start. Then like, start there. Right. It'd be like, yeah, what don't I know? Right. Yeah. Like, what, 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 what don't I know? Well, I'll ask about that, <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and yeah, trying to figure that out. And I think that's a, that's a great, uh, again, like to, to, to look at the, most of us are probably more aware of the burden that puts on us than the opportunity. But I think to what you're yeah. saying is this, this removes when we physically get together. Um, I could see, you know, a fifth, a fourth, I'm not sure. I don't quite remember how tall you are of your body right now on the <laughs> screen. Um, but uh, we just physically with somebody, we, we make assumptions about mm. their emotion. We make assumptions about their presence. They're here. They're with me. They're not other places that this, um, removes. And so we actually, like, if we really want to know people because that physicality is removed, we have to ask good questions and we have to quickly realize that I know less about this person than I, or, or perhaps I've assumed I know more about this person than I actually do. Or I've assumed that, um, just being physically there, which, which is something the Bible speaks highly of, of just being physically yeah. present with people. Yeah. Um, that maybe we've re relied too much on that and not enough on um, there came a moment where Jesus began to preach peace to people he was with. And he began to open his mouth to those who were lamenting um, mm -hmm. and to yeah. say, I've sat here with you in the past, but now I'm sitting here differently and it has less of an impact, but here's what I know. I have no idea what it means. I don't have a, I don't have a, a playbook for what this is going to look like. Yeah. In the end. But what I do know is that the gospel is big enough for us in the midst yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, I love, I believe it's Psalm 57. It's when I'm afraid I put my trust in you. Like if you're wrestling with what you could say to people during this time, that's it. That's all we yeah. have. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we yeah. just say it's, it's big enough. That one idea that when we're afraid we can put our trust in God and he is sufficient. Yeah. And then later on he goes to say, what do we do in the meantime? He says, I'm going to perform my vow and I'm going to offer my Thanksgiving. It's like yeah. we put our trust in God and we continue to do what he's called us to do in the gospel, which is to glorify him and love other people. Well, so, and, and, and I think that's that, that's such a such a great point, and I think that I mean going to the psalm is such a great example because I think that we oftentimes we don't know what to say to others because we haven't been relating to God, right? Like we have, and I think it's, so. It starts there, right? It starts with like praying to God, asking Him, telling Him like I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, and opening up His Word. Like I mean, I, I think if if you spent uh, time if you if you read a psalm if you like just read through a psalm even two or three times in a, in a sitting each morning you're gonna have something to say to someone you're talking to that that afternoon right like like there's god uh so often what god puts in my mouth is what i was reading that morning or reading you know earlier in in, in that day and so i think that oftentimes one of the things that gets in the way of us not knowing how to speak truth to others is that we're not being renewed with uh, our our minds our, ourselves, right? I mean, and and I mean, the best place to start is with Psalm one, right? Psalm one that talks yeah. about how uh, we're blessed when we sit, but with God, like like a like a tree that's that's being fed by this stream, um, and that produces fruit in its season. Um, and I think that's exactly what God's calling us to be in the lives of others. And I think this does. This provides an opportunity. This season provides a really unique opportunity to not only prioritize pursuing others, but prioritize our pursuit of God and our resting in him. Um, and instead of running to just distraction, right? Running to, hey, hey, my favorite form of distraction, whether it was sports or whatever has been removed. So 
So I'm just going to find a different form of distraction right. uh, to, to, to run to him and say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to navigate this. I need you. Um, because he meets us there. Like he is real. And even this, yeah. this is, this is like, you know, mediated, like he's here with me and he's there with you and his spirits indwelling in us. And so we, we can, we can talk to him. We can uh, abide in him. Um, none of this has changed that. Yeah. And that's one thing. Um, I'll share a Spurgeon quote with you that I found yeah, really helpful. Yeah. Uh, but it's one thing, even in talking to our church is we love the church, right? Jesus died for the church. It is, it yeah. is privileged. It is wonderful. It is eschatological. It's how we're going to live uh, in all yeah. eternity. Um, but the church isn't Jesus. And so just because yeah. the church yeah. isn't there does not mean that the gifts of redemption are not there with you. It's complicated for sure. Um, yeah. but it's not removed. And so, and I have no idea, this is actually a Spurgeon's, some notes on a sermon in Deuteronomy from Deuteronomy 31. Mm -hmm. And I know he pastored during some cholera outbreaks in London. So I'm not sure if this was, um, during one of those times, but he says this, and I think that's what you talk about. Like if we want to disciple others, whether it's in the midst of a pandemic or whether it's in the midst of perfection, uh, you're right in feeling incompetent in that you don't have the ability to in yourself, yeah. but in the gospel yeah. that saved you, you have all the ability to. And so this is what yeah. he says. He says, I pray we will seek after a spiritual life that is never dependent on outward ordinances. It is a great comfort to be able to hear the word faithfully preached, but suppose we're placed where there is no such preaching of the word. Then it will be a happy circumstance. If our godliness can survive such a deprivation. It would be a grand thing to be able to go to our Bible and to our knee, knees and to draw near to God alone and to so go strong. And so here's where discipleship starts mm -hmm. to send our branches over the walls by blessing others and beginning to teach or preach Christ. The Lord's mm -hmm. Supper is a sacred ordinance, and I would have us come to the Lord's table as often as we can. But where we are, where no Christian person is near with whom we could break bread, may we have the divine grace to feed on Jesus himself. Spiritual life loves outward ordinances, but if it is deprived of them, it survives in their absence. Mm. So, mm. Such great hope for what we're in right now. It is. Um, like kind of that yeah. to the fount idea. Absolutely. No, it's so true. So true. Yeah. So let's just get just a, a couple punchy things here at the end. Um, I'm at home. I want to disciple people. My mm -hmm. life has changed. Where are spheres of discipleship that have now been exposed in my life by mm -hmm. me sitting at home um, that mm -hmm. I can say, hey, God has a purpose for this and I could use this for his glory. Um, how do we think about being yeah. home with our kids, home with our wife, community group online, texting people, people at work? Like, Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I think... Uh, one is just recognizing that in, in those spheres, like there are all, like, even though a lot has been removed, there are still a lot of opportunities, right? Like, and discipleship starts with, if, if there's anybody else in your home, right? Discipleship starts there, like pouring into using this, this opportunity to, to focus and pour into those in your home, whether they're roommates or children or spouses or um, uh, whatever. And so I, I think it starts there, but I think beyond that, it means, um, it means reaching out and tech. It means phone making phone calls to those in your community group, and not not just to, not just depending on the community group leader to do that, 
right? Like, like you doing it. I, you, you don't have to be able to pull quotes off the top of your head like Tyler to disciple people. <laughs> like, you don't. Like, um, I mean, the, the, the reality is that we, um, God's called each, each and every single one of us to be able to just speak, just speak some truth, just any truth into the lives, not any truth, but like the truth of the word, anything right. we know from the word of, of God into the lives of, of those around us. Um, and I also think, I mean, just really, really practically, I think that means right, especially right now, praying a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I, the Lord's driven me to prayer more in this. I, I was actually asking before all this happened just for discipline in prayer. And he's, so this is your fault. I do. Apparently this is one of the ways <laughs> the Lord, yeah. is, but I, I've been, I've been driven to prayer, honestly, more than anything because of my sense of helplessness. Mm, like, I, yeah. I just feel so helpless. I feel like there are so many needs around me, even so many people I know who are in need that I don't feel like I, I don't know what to do. And I don't feel like I can do anything. And it's driven me to prayer to say, Lord, let's show me what I can do. And, and let me know that this, these, this offering of prayer for the sake of others is something significant that, um, that you've called me to do. Right. And, and I would, I would also say like, you know, be, don't be afraid to be bored. Hmm. Like, because I think that actually a lot of creativity, even just in the lives around a lot of people come to my mind when I stop and am willing to just be bored for a little bit. Um, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, you know what? I should call this person. Oh, you know what? I wonder how they're doing. Like I, um, I, I think we have this opportunity to, creatively redeem this time for the sake of others. Um, And I think that just like the news out there kind of draws our attention to like the macro, like the what's going on in the country, what's going on in the state, like what's going on in the city. And and then there's, there's an appropriate time and place for that. But I think sometimes like instead of picking up my phone, (laughs) right. Just being willing to to sit there and be like, okay, Lord, like, I don't know who to just ask God, like, who have you called me to love? I don't know. Who yeah. can I love today? Like, who can I care for today? Like, will you help bring them to mind? Will you help me like just, just sit here and, and, and think? And, and I, because there are people in your life, whether they're family, whether they're friends, whether they're neighbors or coworkers or people in your community group that um, God wants to use you in their lives. And um, I think our tendency is just to run from one thing to the next. And if we don't have anything to do, then let's we'll just like entertain ourselves or be distracted. And I get that. And there's nothing wrong with entertain utilizing entertainment in this time too. Right. But um, I think our, our, my flesh like wants to run there no matter what, right. With, yeah. with any, any spare time. And um, I think what the Lord's calling us to in the midst of this is to be willing to be a little bored and see the creativity that comes. I mean, that's why I, I, I keep telling my kids that, right? Like, it's good that you're bored. Like, yeah. be creative, you know? Um, and I feel like maybe I need a little bit of dose of that myself as it <laughs> comes to the question of how, I mean, how, to, how to love others around me. Well, and I think, I think what any pastor would say is that's uh, when people ask me how to disciple, it's, it's I don't have this rote program. It's, yeah. it's being creative for the, with the gospel. And so I think that yeah. this is like, yeah. it depends about who I'm with and what their yeah. needs are. And 
what my context is. And, and I think that we have a unique context. I just, I was at the grocery store before I came here and I'm generally an introvert and I have a headphone in and I'm listening to music or a podcast when I go there. And generally when I ask the checkout people, I'm just like, Hey, how are you? Cause that's what you say to people. But now it's like, I actually want to know, like, how are you yeah. doing in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not at all weirded out about it. Like people, yeah, this is yeah. a time where people are expecting you to press mm. into their lives. And I think to, to, get creative. I saw people playing a social isolation bingo on like, you know, go for a hike or write a letter. And for Christians to just really take time that you have and say, how can I encourage someone in the gospel, not just encouraging people, but, but bringing some sort of spiritual reality, some sort of relief in the gospel to their life and make us a a bingo board of how we can be creative in this time for the sake of the gospel. And I think that's even a cool thing with your kids um, too, that, that I need to think of how can they use their time too. For this. No, I, I think I think it's a great opportunity with them, right? And you know what? It, it's also okay for the, like I think it's a part of discipleship for them to see us struggle to know what to do, mm. right? And to be like, you know what? I I'm not sure, but I I know that God does. So let's go yeah. to Him together, and let's figure this out, and then see Him work because, because I I want I want to help even through this. I want my kids to see God for the great provider that He is. Mm. They don't need to see me. They don't need to see me as perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause otherwise, cause I, if, if they do, I'm faking. Crutch is right? all involved. <laughs> but but I, I think it is, a, it's a unique opportunity with them too, to like say, yeah, like this is, this is hard and this is weird. Um, but let's, let's go to God and figure this out together. I mean, as I was saying, the Lord's driven me to prayer, but it's also driven um, our family to prayer. I mean, and we, we just like, I, I, I love whiteboards. And so I, uh, is that a prerequisite for biblical counselors? I think it, I think it is. Okay. There's like a class on it But at home. I don't get whiteboards. And so what I, what I've done is like, I bought like, I don't know, years ago, I always have like one of those gigantic post-it notes, you know, these like big, like gigantic oversized post-it notes. Like the novelty ones. Yes, exactly. So, so we've got these like gigantic post-it notes uh, on the wall and like one is just neighbors and we're just putting prayer requests on there. And Mm. one is community group and we're putting prayer requests on there. And one is Thanksgiving and things we're thankful for. One's lament, right? Things that we're just, sad about and you know thing, and, and we're just we're kind of like adding them each day we've only been doing this for a few days and i'm just, I just I throw it out they're not because we're doing it perfectly but because it's just one one idea that we've had but it, it puts in our family room like it shows that in our family room that things aren't normal yeah right like good. this is like we, we should be praying and we should be praying regularly let's like let's do this and so we've been praying together more and and it's out of that comes a creativity of its own right like we've been praying for this person like every night now for four nights and so then on the fifth day my kids like hey how are they doing like what can we do for them today you know like what and I, it's bringing a i, I think uh, yeah i mean i think in, in one sense like i get that like sometimes people are like oh like we want kids to like just have something as normal as possible like keep it normal and i, and I get that i think there's ways in which we're trying to do that too but i think our kids know this is weird yeah and it's hard and so being meeting meeting them there in that and being like, yeah, this is weird and this is hard, but let's go to God together. Um, yeah. I think it's probably one of the most powerful things we can do. Yeah, with that it shows is be genuine about it. The circumstance of the gospel in our redemption too, and yeah. not yeah. things outside of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's great. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us. We'll continue to pray for uh, you guys down in LA and all the things that are going on there is as we get the privilege in, in this this time and place 
to be the church that that Christ yeah. has purchased with his blood, as Ephesians says. In this moment, we get to declare in a small part what we will for all eternity, the manifold wisdom of God. And because yes. of that, Christians are distinct people. And so it's a privilege to, to sit down with you and uh, be blessed by what God is doing uh, with you and your ministry, with your book. If you haven't bought it yet, go and buy it. I actually promised Scott that we would sell at least 400 copies of it if he sat down and did this with me. He did so, not. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm I, here because I love you. I love Sovereign Hope. And, and actually, I mean, please note too, just before you go, I just want you to know that, that we are praying for you guys too. Um, all of you at Sovereign Hope and, and for the way that the Lord's working there too. And so we're so coveting your prayers for us here. And it's, it's so great to be a part of the church together. Yeah, what a blessing. Well, thanks, Scott. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate Have it. Have a good one. Yeah, you too.